Do you have email insanity? We'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is Yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. We're going to talk about email and time management tonight. And you're saying, wait a minute, isn't this the entertainment edition? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and it, what does this have to do with entertainment? Well, not a whole lot, but uh, I do figure that uh, email and time management and uh, the just taming the, the beast of screen time and our uh, Making our online lives more effective time-wise is something everybody can relate to, and that's part of the reason uh, we're doing this on the 8 p.m. show. The other part of it is it's most convenient for my guests. So simple enough. Uh, if you've been with uh, me for a while now, you know what's coming. Um, about 16 days ago now, exactly 16 days ago, uh, Chris Burris from SES Research was with me. And he was promoting his product called My Vital C right here. And by the way, uh, this is not a sponsorship or paid promotion in any way. And people have written to me and said, you know what? Uh, this guy's getting a bunch of free email uh, advertising. <laughs> Emails on my mind. Getting a bunch of free advertising off you, and, and he's, he's playing you. And, uh, and I appreciate that sentiment, but he's not playing me. I understand he is getting a lot of free advertising on this. But I support this 100%. You know why? Because he's sending me stuff. And here's the thing, folks. If you got a product or something, come on on the show send me some free stuff to use for a month or so and i'll be happy to talk about it on the air uh just keep sending me free stuff i like that so uh let me get to the, to the point i'm making here about this stuff so chris was a grad student when they discovered this um carbon mo uh, molecule and he was that was 1991 he was a, a grad student at texas university they found this uh, molecule, and they thought, well, maybe it's toxic, so let's do some toxicity tests on it. And they, they did these uh, toxicity tests on lab mammals, and they found out not only was it non-toxic, but it increased their lifespan by 90% or more, basically doubling their lives and tumor-free. And, and it also gave them a better quality of life. Now, how you know a rat is having a better quality of life? I'm not exactly sure, but uh, apparently they had more energy and were sleeping better and got up more energetically. So uh, they applied for uh, use on humans, and the FDA, as it normally does, took its very dear sweet time in approving it for humans. Around 2013, it was approved for human consumption. And so people have been using it to, w since 2013, uh, claiming extraordinary results, uh, getting more energy, sleeping better, having better uh, clarity of thought, just a better quality of life. And the claim that uh, Chris was making was that it can actually prolong your life and extend your lifespan as much as 90%. Now, there's no 140-year-old people walking around, so we can't verify that. And I said to, to Chris at the time, I'm a skeptic. Doesn't mean I don't believe. I'm not a cynic. But I'm a skeptic, and I question it. And extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. So he said, what about this? What about I send you some free stuff, and here's the stuff you should be keeping in mind. Send you free stuff. 
and you use it for six to eight weeks and I'll come back and we'll review your results. So I said, sure, that sounds good because I want free stuff. Uh, one thing I'm really excited about uh, with this podcast is getting free stuff. So if you want to come on and send me some free stuff, keep that in mind. Uh, so anyway, I'm doing it on air simply to hold myself accountable because if I don't do it on air, uh, I probably forget to do it. And also, I want a documented record so you know that every day I'm doing it twice a day like I'm, I'm supposed to be doing for the entire period if I don't run out. It actually seems like he shorted me a couple of days, you know, so I might have to buy some more, which that's a little tricky. Send me enough free stuff to last a whole period. But I'm going to do it right now. It's very quickly. Uh, I will tell you, so far, my results are good. I've been doing it for 14 days and nights. Uh, yesterday, I had kind of a uh, not-so-good day, but the first 13 days and nights were really good. Felt a lot of energy, was sleeping better than yesterday hit, and I kind of crashed, but there could be lots of other reasons for that. And I can't attribute necessarily 100% my feeling good and sleeping better and energy to this, but we'll, we'll see. So, so far, so good, except for one day. Here goes really quick. It's just like a, and that's a water chaser, by the way, because the one thing I am going to tell him when he comes back is they need to find a way to make it taste less than awful. Uh, they can do it with cough syrup. They can do it with this stuff, but because it's, it really is god-awful, makes you not want to live 140 years. I promise you that. You have to do that every day. So they, ha they have to improve the product by making it uh, taste like cherries or something like that. Great. Anything. Uh, put some, you know, kitty vitamins in there. So that's that's the pitch about uh, my vital C. If you want to check it out, you can go to myvitalc.com slash mindog. Again, this is not advertising or paid promotion. I'm just saying if you want to check it out, I would suggest you wait until he comes back on October 29th on the 1 p.m. edition, and we review my results. And if you want to buy it, then by all means. Um, my sponsors for tonight, though, and this is a real sponsorship, is FunWise Capital. You know about them because they've been with me for uh, almost two months now. Uh, it's a lender matching platform that gets you the best credit lines guaranteed. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit score to see how much you can get. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. That's right. I said start or grow your business. Um, if you don't have a business but you got a solid business plan, it can help you get funding. Use the funding for anything you need anything you need. Get the best funding you can qualify for. The strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months, unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding and bridge loans, real estate, startups, as I mentioned, restaurants, franchises, you name it, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really easy. Just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. That's apply.funwise.com slash minddog. And I really and truly appreciate you patronizing my sponsors. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about uh, email, getting email under control. Uh, Randall Dean is known as the email sanity expert, and I believe that's a trademark. Uh, and uh, uh, he is the author of the uh, recent Amazon.com number one email bestseller, Taming the Email Beast, as well as a producer and creator of several highly rated video-based self-study courses. He has nearly 30 years of experience using and teaching 
and advanced time management personal organization system, including systems for effective email management, office clutter reduction, optimizing your Outlook and or Gmail, Google usage, and getting the most from your affiliated smartphone and tablet devices. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce them to you. Please open your ears and open your minds and welcome into the program, Randall Dean. Randy, welcome to the show. Hi there, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming. Glad we finally got this uh, together. And uh, as people know this is usually dedicated to entertainment, this portion of the show. But I believe what you teach and what you do applies to just about everybody in the world right now, which uh, is why is, uh, it's good for me to run this at 8 p.m. rather than our 1 p.m. business edition. So a lot of people uh, just don't have a grasp. I, I can tell you from myself, I get uh, over a 1,000 emails per week uh sometimes uh, i will get a thousand in a day it's it, i have those days where i get a thousand emails and getting a hold of that is uh, uh and getting a grasp of managing that sometimes can be daunting so what are the first steps and and, and where do people begin to kind of get a grasp on reducing their um clutter and 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 keep getting track of keeping track of their time management and using it more effectively in terms of email well, uh, the first uh, strategy I would share with you is hearing that you might get a thousand a day. Uh, my question is, why are you getting a thousand a day? Uh, that's a that's a very heavy flow of emails coming in, and um, you know, one of the first things that I would think is maybe that's the kind of signal that it's time to consider: should I be getting somebody to help me with some of this flow of information that's coming in? Is it too much for a single person to reasonably be able to manage? That may be the life is doing pretty well, work is doing pretty well signal, though. You know, uh, I run into a lot of people that they keep trying to do it all themselves, and hearing that kind of information flow, you know, maybe it's time to consider seeing if you can get some delegation going on with some of those emails and find a way to, uh, you know, use your time more on your more value type stuff. Well, I, I have uh, pursued that. And, I, and so far, the, the personal assistance or virtual assistance to help me manage the show stuff uh, uh, has kind of uh, fallen through a lot of them. Uh, they apply for the job, they spend a couple of days on it. And then, uh, realize exactly how much it entails and then end up quitting and I never hear from them again. Uh, so a lot of a lot of my emails are reactions to, to previous guests uh, uh, and not necessarily the one the night before, although uh, I got quite a few from last night because we had a train wreck of a show and I didn't even discuss that in the opening and I should have. Uh, but um, I, it's always, uh, I get probably... On average, uh, at least a hundred a day that are responses responses to people who've been on the show, either comments, questions, how do I get in touch with them, or or things of that nature. A lot of uh, feedback from the show, and the rest of it. I'll tell you what, I unsubscribe from emails all day long, and the same people email me back, and I'm like, there has to be a way, there has to be a governing body that you can report these people to and say they're putting me back on their list. I unsubscribe from all the emails every day and, and Donald Trump's campaign is high on that list. I unsubscribe every single day and every day I get 10 more emails from the, the Trump campaign. And it, he's not alone in that. I mean, it's marketers across the board where you unsubscribe and you get resubscribed somehow with none of you are doing. Is there, no, you're, is there you're a not gonna, Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you're not going to like some information I have for you about unsubscribe. Wow. Uh, 
you want uh, you're not going to like this at all. If it's a um, reputable marketer doing reputable marketing, and you use the unsubscribe button, especially with a group that you've done work with in the past, it will probably work. But if you don't even remember signing up, there's a very good chance that when you hit unsubscribe, not only did you tell them that you actively look at your emails, you open your emails and take action on your emails. <laughs> and guess what that means your email address is? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's super valuable for all of right, the right, right, right. And, so they're going to uh, sell it and share it. And is that yeah. what they're doing? That's what they're doing. And that's why uh, unsubscribe is a dangerous process. Uh, I actually have um, a YouTube video on my YouTube channel where I show how you can set up rules in something like Microsoft Outlook, where when you identify a certain organization or person that keeps sending you junk and spam, you can actually uh, set it up so that it'll automatically delete. And, and so I've been coaching people that if you don't remember signing up in the first place, don't unsubscribe, set up a rule, set it up so it can delete, set it up so it automatically filters if you're a Google user. And, uh, and those kinds of tools are like lifesavers when you've, when you've got way too much junk and spam finding you. I feel a little foolish, I have to admit, because I have I've spent uh, well, I can't, countless hours unsubscribing. Countless hours unsubscribing. And, and, and as I do that, I have seen the amount of emails I get grow so and uh, i guess i'm naive in that way because i've only worked and i've been a marketing director but i've only worked for reputable companies and i do remember one company that i worked for where uh i made they they did away with the double opt-in and i was furious about that went to my ceo and was like you know this is important this double opt you want people to trust you and you want you want them to know that you're sincere in in the way you you're going to handle their information and they didn't want any no that's risking that we're not going to get them and if we're risking we're not going to get them we don't want them because if they're not if they're not going to be actively opening your emails and reading them and taking action on them they're not the people you want anyway why would marketers uh, sell emails of people they know are unsubscribing in bulk like that. <laughs> well, uh, the, it, you just nailed it. Why are they selling it? They're making money selling. No, it. why and are they? Why are they buying it? I understand why people are selling it, but why would you buy it if you know that this is a person who's actively unsubscribing all day long, as I, I am, and I'm, I'm not kidding, all day long, all day. Long. You know, I have to imagine somebody out there's run the numbers on it, and they're finding like a positive ROI utilizing those lists. But I agree with you, you know, it's not a good way to build long-term relationships. It's, a, you know, sort of like sort of like a one-night stand type of thing. You know, you shouldn't be doing too many of those. You'll get yourself in trouble. And uh, I'd say the same thing with marketing. I remember when I was, you know, prior to starting this business, I was a marketing uh, research supervisor, marketing, um, you know, uh, person to come up with strategy. And uh, I remember the person that I was working for, he had a really great quote. He said, never contact a person just one time. If you, that, you know, nobody likes a one night stand. Right. If you're going to reach out to somebody, you should reach out to them a minimum of three times as part of a marketing process, you know. And, and you know, when you hear people doing this unsubscribe thing, it just makes you think maybe that's not what they're really interested in. They're just trying to turn a quick buck.
Right. And we got a lot of complaints from people who thought we were buying their emails, meaning that somebody, and I don't know how that this actually works, but in some cases, I guess people are using good addresses to just spam, uh, you know, to get in for their freebie or whatever you're offering to get on your list. And they, they have a list of, of good emails that they know people will respond and they use that. And then, uh, but for some reason, we, we used to get a lot of that where I, I didn't subscribe. And we have evidence that somebody using that email subscribed and confirmed, uh, n- not so much in the, in the case where they did away with the double opt-in. But in, in the double opt-in cases, we had evidence that they com- confirmed, but they swore they never subscribed. Uh, is that going on? Is that a common practice? I think it's fairly common, yeah. Uh, you know, And there's this uh, term they call spoofing. Right. What that basically means is there are people that are out on the web looking for legitimate domain names for legitimate companies. And what they do is they try to set up a false identity using that domain name through their own server so they can send out emails. And that's one of the other reasons I tell people, you know, you don't really need to report junk and spam to your IT person too much. I mean, if they really want you to do it because they're asking you to do it. But, um, you know, most of the people that are doing serious spam, um, they're not even using their own domain name. They're doing this thing called spoofing. They steal a legitimate domain name, throw an email address on it, send out two million emails one day. And then two days later, they're switching to a completely different address and they're going to hit you again. But from a completely different address, shutting the first one down, moving on to the next. And, And that's, you know, it's completely unethical. It's probably illegal in certain places, um, but it's almost impossible to stop. You know, I believe that the Federal Trade Commission, um, you know, is sort of responsible for that. But if it's coming from Jamaica, how are they going to stop them? Right. Uh, But now you brought up setting up rules, and I have done that before. But doesn't what that spoofing stuff doesn't that kind of isn't that a way of getting around those rules? So if I if I have a rule set up that comes from this address send it automatically to trash and then they just change the, the, the from address a little bit and, and all of a sudden they're getting around my rule. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and they, that's exactly why they're doing that. They know it's like, it's like a chess game. You know, you make a move, then they're going to make a counter move to try to get around the move you just made. And um, one of the things that, uh, that I do, I actually have four email accounts now. And yeah. let me explain to you, I got a, I got a work one. I have one that's related to my Microsoft account. Um, I have one that is primarily my personal email, although I will sometimes use it for a couple secondary business things. Or if I run into a situation where somebody's having trouble getting my emails from one of the first two addresses. And then I have an old Yahoo account. It's probably one of the first online email accounts I've ever received. And I've kept it all these years. And think about it. When I first started doing this stuff, I was using that account for almost everything, which means it was getting almost everything. And then I started building out these other accounts that I just described. And I realized, well, why don't I just keep that Yahoo account? Because it's already getting nailed with junk and spam. Just keep it for the junk and spam. And so I use that fourth account whenever I'm signing up for something out on the web. And, you know, especially if I don't want to get extra stuff, I'll sign up for it using that fourth account and that will allow me to, you know, let all that junk go there. I've created my own spam filter for my other accounts basically. So yeah. I try not 
I try real hard not to use my primary email address um, or my secondary account for anything other than business with people I know. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I, uh, about a year ago, I guess, I went to see, because uh, I signed up for a Yahoo account back in 1994, by whatever it was, when they first came out. And I went to see if it was still active. And sure enough, it was. It said I had 50,000 emails <laughs> in my <laughs> queue on red, 50,000. And it was all spam and junk. I mean, not oh, one yeah. was from, from a, a legitimate person. And so I, it's still there. And I'm wondering if it's. It, it's probably up to a hundred thousand now or whatever. Yeah, just go in and hit select all, hit delete, start right. over and but, you know, start using that account for all your junk and spam. It's a great idea. Yeah, it would be now if I could if I could do that. But uh I I still have so much coming and uh to my to my usable emails and I have several as as you do. And what I tried to do and I wanna know if this is a good practice, is basically um because I use info at minddogtv.com for uh, questions and comments regarding the show and for uh, interview requests from people and for booking calendar appointments. And then that forwards to my email address. I make sure that it, it has uh, the, the right subject that comes from the form in it before it will form uh, forward this stuff and then i'm just figuring that everything else that goes there is probably spam because i don't do any personal accounting stuff on there is that a is that a good practice yeah i mean you're you're definitely getting down the right path because what you're doing is you're starting to segregate the different kinds of emails by the type of email they are and you're helping identify which ones are the most important that's a that's a good step you know, uh, now what I would maybe recommend is hearing that you had two or three different types of emails that are coming into that account, and you've already set up uh, subject lines that tell you what kind of emails they are. That's the perfect place for a rule in Outlook or maybe a filter in Gmail to, you know, make the ones of those three different types even pop even more, maybe, if they're right. really important. Or... Um, be auto-filed possibly into a folder that you can check every day or two because it's not that important. And when yeah. you can start doing that kind of stuff, you can really start getting control over, you know, the different kinds of flow of messages that are coming in. You said you get a lot of show comments, and and I don't know if that's a critically important thing or a sort of a normal importance thing that you would work on after you clear through all your really critical, urgent stuff early in the day. Then you want to go read your show comments That'd be a perfect thing for you to throw that into a side folder and just let them go in there by that subject line. And then when you have a chance, you go in and you review those after you clear the other emails that are in the way. And yeah, that's that, just one example of the kind of thing that I would recommend you do in that situation. That's kind of what I do. I mean, I know I know they're there and I don't I don't I don't not auto filing, but I know they're there and I'm not I'm trying to designate, okay, first thing in the morning, I'm going to go through those, and then I'll spend a half hour on it tops and then not look at it again the rest of the day. But uh, I find myself breaking that rule a lot, my own rule, my own personal rule. And that, so, that's where auto, you know, auto filing can help with that kind of thing for one simple reason. You don't out see of sight, it. out of mind. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> out of sight, yeah. out of mind. You know, I, I teach uh, an email zero process. And, you know, my, my argument is, you know, people always look and go, how'd you get an inbox like that? And I go, well, I need you to understand something. Do I have everything done? Of course not. I got right. a million things I need to do, but I don't leave my tasks or obligations in my inbox because that's how they stack up on you. And so, you know, one of the things that I teach is basically 
you know, general rule is if you get an email and something you can handle quickly, just deal with the dang thing so you don't have to look at it another time. If it's not quick, it should go on to whatever your preferred task list is or your calendar. And then you either put it away or you throw it away. And, and by following sort of that triage mentality, what happens is um, you'll end up with the quick stuff sort of done and gone out of the way. And then you're sort of spending the rest of your day either dealing with stuff on your calendar that's most important or working on your task list because there's nothing important on your calendar until it's time to go check your email again. And it's sort of like this whole surfing process through your day as, as you're getting more inputs coming in, but you're trying to get substantial work done at the same time. Right. Uh, are there rules for, of etiquette that people should be uh, uh, subscribing to uh, or ascribing to, I guess, uh, that that we should all be adhering to? And I'll tell yeah. you, one, uh, let me just tell you one that, that, that drives me crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. The thank you email when I, we're doing business and one of my producers and I, I'm not, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, Kev. Um, I, one of my producers who books people for this show every time he, he'll send me a guest and we'll, we'll get it and I'll say confirmed for the date and everything and, and he'll send me a, uh, an email back dear Matt uh, thank you and every, <laughs> every single time what, no matter what conversation he has to end it with a thank you email and it's like that's one more email and if we do five a day five transactions a day I'm getting five thank you emails Is that now, so- can, can I give you a tip right here yeah when he sends that reply, have him put thank you in the subject line. Oh, yeah. And that's all he has to put. Put it, put it up in the subject line. That way it comes in and you go, oh, yeah, he got it. Delete. <laughs> but at least you know he got it. You know, right. he, he's telling you, you he got it. That's why he's doing that. He's, he, maybe he's being polite, but right. he's also telling you he got it, you know. And so one of the easiest ways that you could, you know, you could, you could save yourself a few clicks but if it's happening several times a day, those clicks turn into minutes, which turn into days, right. which turn into weeks, you know. And so, you know, just change that little process. If all he's sending you is a confirmation thank you, have him put it in the subject line. Right. And then when you get it, you just hit delete. And by the way, you could probably automate that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was thinking of that too. But I yeah. get so many emails from them that are important. And generally, I go by the sender. I know you can do that by subject line too. And it's yeah. something, you know, that that's part of it too, is getting a whole, uh, uh, a handle on the rules and how they work and, and what's possible in it. So, I mean, I just learned the fundamentals of, okay, if it comes from this person, send it to that per- to, to this folder or whatever, generally to trash. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, that's a good one. The auto to trash is one of my favorites. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> you were asking about um, etiquette. etiquette. You know, that, yeah, one is if somebody sends you a large group message, make sure you hit reply all. And if you do, make your whole message just say thanks. That's a great message. Uh, here's another one. When you're sending emails, make sure the subject line has absolutely nothing to do with what's inside the actual message. That's helpful. Uh, if you're sending it out to a large group of people, make sure that you have a bunch of tasks inside the message without either clear due dates or assignments. So so nobody knows who owns what and when it's supposed to actually be done. That's another good one. <laughs> and um, let's see. Uh, the, the other one is type in all caps, right. just so everybody knows you're serious and you mean it. I think that's a good one, too. Do all those things. that You'll make your coworkers love you. I, I think <laughs> right now would be a good time for people to Google sarcasm. 
Um, <laughs> I hope nobody is, is writing that down and thinking, wow, that's a good idea. I mean, but now, I now I'm going to come back. The reply all. You know, you can stop it. You can stop reply alls like that. It's super easy. All you need to do is if you're sending out a large group message and you don't want people doing that reply all, thank you. If you don't want that, all you have to do is put your name and email in the to field, put all other recipients in the BCC field. Right. It's one of the best uses for the BCC field because then if they try to hit reply all, it only goes to the names in the to or the CC field, not everyone. Oh, I did and not so, know that. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. So you can you can shut down these crazy reply all threads. And if you want to be really snarky, don't put your name and email in the two field. Put your favorite coworker's name and email in the two field. Let them <laughs> deal with all those replies. That's funny. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. And you know, I knew about blind carbon copy, and I was just actually explaining that to to my wife just two days ago because she doesn't use email a lot, and she was uh, she now has to for it uh, to change positions where she works uh, and uh, she has to do a lot more email and she's trying to get a hold of what CC and BCC means. And yeah, I be, be careful with BCC. Otherwise, you know, I've had this one. This is the blowback you have. You know, what you'll do is you'll send it to a primary person and then you'll BCC like your boss or something so that they can see the message too. But here's the risk on that. If your boss gets that message and isn't paying attention, they could hit reply all and that tells the person that you just sent that email to, you basically are spying on them. Right. Or, or you're ratting them out. Yeah. Ratting them out. Exactly. <laughs> so be real careful with BCC. I always tell people, if you, if you think there's any risk of that, send the original message and then forward what you sent to your boss because that takes away the risk that they're going to hit reply all and go back to that original person. So, you know, you, you just got to think one step ahead to avoid getting yourself in, in tricky situations like that. Right. Is it proper etiquette to, if you, if you mention somebody or a coworker or somebody uh, to CC them on it, just if they're, it's like if you're talking to another manager or something about a specific person, are you supposed to necessarily CC them every time? I think it depends on the situation, honestly. You know, I mean, there's two sides to this. One, if you, um, well, remember the first the first rule of email etiquette. Um, if it could show up in a court of law and you're afraid of having that show up in a court of law in writing, don't hit send. Right. Um, you know, so that's the first thing. And so it, it, let's say you're reporting a bad behavior by one of your coworkers. I don't know if I'd want to put that in, in, in type. Right. I, I might rather pick up the phone or go find the person I need to tell this to because of, you know, sort of that need to, you know, keep that from getting written. Now, counterpoint, though, I've run into some people say, oh, heck yes, I'm writing it because I want a written record in my sent folder that I took this action. And so, you know, you sort of got to look at it both ways. Um, you know, but then the other side I was saying, the other reason you might not want to copy the person on it is just they get too many emails too. And they, it's just one more email they got to look at. Right. You know, if it's already something that you're both on the same page on, they're clear on it. And you're just letting, you know, somebody else know that you and Chris are both involved. You know, keep Chris off the BCC or the carbon copy just to save Chris some time. 
Yeah, I've had uh, many, many careers uh, to support my uh, creative life uh, where I had to take day, day jobs and they turned into careers as marketing directors, technical directors. I was uh, a junior vice president at a corporation for a while. Uh, so I've had a lot of these. The last position I had uh, that was a director of marketing, uh, about I left about five years ago now. Uh, but there was a war in that company and I, I was one of the people starting it in that we send too many emails. So you, you, you mentioned this pick up the phone stuff. There were so many emails going back and even between like the senior management teams where everybody had to be on it and they were writing emails for very trivial things that could easily be just walk past the office and let's have this conversation in two seconds and get it over with. But people wanted are want to not only do it in email but include everybody even people who have nothing to do with the email and want to know why th- why didn't we get enough done this week well we were spending time reading emails that's why we didn't get enough done yeah there's been uh even some blowback on that one ceo thought that uh email was such a time waster uh that he mandated there be no internal emails in the organization they could use email to con to speak with customers or vendors, but they could not use email internally. The problem is, is though, of course, you make a rule like that, what's everybody going to do? They're going to start texting or they're going to start using IM. Right. And, and we've had this proliferation of all these tools that are basically sort of a mix of text messaging and email that have been added to our plates, which makes it even a little bit harder to manage all of your input and inflow. So, you know, it, it really is sort of tricky. One of the things that I always recommend is I believe every company, every work group, every team should have two meetings, two, two meetings when they're working together. Meeting number one, how can we hold a better meeting? <laughs> you know, because so many meetings yeah. are a waste of time. Set some ground rules, set some etiquette rules, set, you know, just sort of some uh, <laughs> philosophy about what you're going to do so you don't waste each other's time. The second one is, which communication tools should we use when and why? When should we use email? When should we send a text? When should we send an IM? When should we do a video call? When should we do a person to person? When should we do a group meeting and why? And the whole reason that you want to do that is because there's so many differing rules about people as individuals, the way they use stuff. Some people love doing everything on email because they never want to go talk to anybody. Right. Other people would much prefer to be on the phone or face-to-face. Some people, you know, especially millennials and younger, they want to do everything by text or TikTok. Who knows what they're doing now? Right. And so you got all this stuff going on. And if you don't have some sort of a strategy, you're going to just run yourself into a situation. I always say this is the one that I was want people to look for. You got somebody on your team that use email like instant messenger and they're basically sending everything all the time to everybody replying as soon as they get anything, boom. And then you got another person on the team that likes to paste their work away. They only check their email four or five times a day total and they work together. Right. Car crash. That's a car crash. Yeah. And, and I will tell you this, they will both insist that they're using it right. I, I've had people who work in cubicles next to each other who email each other. Yeah, all day long. <laughs> there, is one time, there is one time that makes sense. Oh, my gosh. Do you see what Jill's wearing today? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where did she find that? You know, that's crazy, you know, something like that. But, I mean, otherwise, uh, you know, most of the time we've lost this art of face-to-face interpersonal. 
And I think that maybe a little bit of it needs to come back. Um, the interesting thing about the coronavirus is it's really prompted people to get into using video chat. And my bet is that coming off of this, when we get back to a normalcy, if we ever do, you're going to see maybe a bit less email usage and a bit more video chat, right. which I think would generally be a good thing in most situations. I agree. I definitely agree. I think uh, there is less, and I, that's where I kind of wanted to take this next, is um, people reading just attitude or uh, uh, impoliteness in an email be just because somebody may not be the most eloquent writer and expressing their emotion, but you hear you hear the tone of it and you, you're assuming they're uh, whether angry or insulting or condescending when that's not what they're intending. And video video chat can take that away for to some extent where you can actually understand what they're trying to say rather than assume what they're trying to say in an email. Do you agree? Well, what, what's the old adage? Uh, 7% of communication is the, the written or spoken word. Right. And 93% is your visual and um, auditory cues. Right. You know, meaning, meaning how the person is looking, how they're behaving, the tonality they have. And if you're just going down to written word, you lose 93% of possible communication. And, um, you know, so... Uh, one of the other adages that I, I've read, which I thought was great, is as you're typing an email, right before you hit send, read it and put yourself in the mind of the recipient and ask yourself, is there any way they could perceive that I'm just really upset? Yeah. Because people read emails and they assume the other party right, exactly. is mad. I'm not mad. I'm just, here's the facts. Oh, they look at how mad they were. They gave me facts. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I, I think a, a, another part of that, and uh, don't, don't try to be cute or funny with, with somebody you don't know well, because they can, they don't know your sense of humor and they can easily misinterpret that. I've been guilty of that so many times where, you know, I just, this is just me being a wise ass that sends something off and all of a sudden it starts a war between a lot of different people. Did you see that email Matt wrote? Oh my God. What, 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 what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, <laughs> like what is it? The, the, the adage is humor is pain once removed. And, uh, uh, the funniest of all jokes usually deeply offend at least someone. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, you got to be careful with humor in emails because the, the the real big problem with humor in emails that's not perceived properly is it's so easy for that other person to forward and say, hey, everybody, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this person just did this. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden now you've got like reputational issues you got to worry about spreading around the Internet. Right. So, yeah, um you know, so I, that's why, you know, make sure you've got a good relationship and uh, and you understand that person well enough that they'll be able to read that. Um, you know, I, think, yeah. I think people forget that email lives forever unless your name is Hillary Clinton. Email uh, kind of lives forever. And so, uh, you know, you, you want to be mindful of that when you're sending something that be 10 years, 15 years. How are you going to feel about this? Well, <laughs> yeah, I attended a session about document and e-document retention, which is not really my thing. My thing is more productivity, efficiency, and a bit on etiquette. But it was done by a lawyer for one of the law firms up here in Michigan, and it was one of the better sessions I've attended. One of his basic rules was, what would happen if this message showed up in a lawsuit for the other side? 
right when you were in court and the example he was saying is just because you delete something from your sent folder does not mean the other party deleted it from their receipt folder you know right. their inbox and and you know so they they do have a life that can be forever so you know once again be careful with what you put in print because it may show up again to find you is there any way any way technologically to, to unsend something well, some of the tools have um, a recall function. Uh, and it's interesting. I was actually looking for it in Outlook the other day, and I couldn't find it. So I wonder if they might have just finally turned it off. The problem is, this is what happens with most people when they try to recall a message. They send it. Oh, shoot. Ah, recall. Stop. And what happens is it gets to the other inbox, and they'll see the message and the recall. Right. And that's going to make them want to open it more. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> guess. Why did they recall it? What did they do? What did they say? So, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm sort of of the, oops, sorry, fast fingers, you know, and I'll send right. a following message, you know, trying to say, didn't mean to say that or write that. Or most of the time it's, you know, you'll be halfway through a message typing it and all of a sudden, bam, what happened? And it's gone because right. you didn't realize you somehow on your keystroke sent the message before yeah. you were even ready. You I'm know, guilty of that too. Yeah, absolutely. I've done that many times. And at that same company that I was talking about before where I, I started the war about there's just too many emails, there, there was a time when the CFO came behind me and he said, did you read my email yet? I said, no. Well, open your email, but don't look, don't read it. Just uh, find it and delete it. And and he stood behind me while I found it. And and I'm thinking, I now I really want to know what what's in here. And then go to your trash box and make sure you permanently delete it. And make so. And he stood looking over my shoulder and, be, and making sure I did that without seeing it. And all that did was make me think, well, this guy has something. He's got a secret he's keeping from me. I need to find out what it is now. Now, and, now you know what I would have done right there. I would have done that because he's standing over your shoulder watching you. But I would see where he's going next, and I'd try to go find another person <laughs> that he probably said it to before he gets to that person. Say, hey, we got to open the seat. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> Let's see Did, what's in there. <laughs> didn't think of it. So uh, as I mentioned in, in your intro, nearly 30 years of experience uh, using and teaching advanced time management personal organization systems. Do you do this with individuals or, or, or companies and teams? I, I am mostly doing um, a conversation combination of uh, conference and event speaking. Uh, I'm, you know, I do a lot of uh, events where I'll either lead a two to three hour workshop or, you know, an hour keynote or an hour breakout session. And I sometimes cover two or three topics, uh, you know, at the same event. I also have another component that I do more with the corporate and university and governmental audiences where I'm doing like half-day workshop training programs Half day. Uh, and, and it's sort of it's sort of both and what's interesting is speaking at the conferences often gets me the university corporate uh governmental workshops which gets me into more conferences you know so and and it was doing i mean fantastically well until this coronavirus craziness hit right um, then the virus hit and, um, you know, I read, what was it, something like uh, 70 to 80% drop of anybody related to the meetings and events industry for those first month or two there. Um, and I'd say that sound about right. Uh, I'm starting to get busy again. And what's happened is all of these people that were running conferences, meetings, and events 
they've sort of retooled all of their events going the next, I don't know, three to six months to be virtual or hybrid. Man. And as you can see, I got the home office set up and my content is the kind of stuff that I can do right here on a, on a video chat quite easily. So I've started to get busy again. It's a different kind of busy. I, I like it though. You know, I've got several major home improvement projects that I've been wanting to do <laughs> yeah. this summer. I call them my coronavirus home equity projects, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I asked somebody uh, who I play with in a band because he's been working from home a lot. And I, I said, are you more productive or less productive? And he, he said about the same. I find that hard to believe. Uh, I, 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 I think I was always more productive when I worked from home because I was more comfortable and I did less. I had more focus because I wasn't driving an hour and a half or whatever. The commute burnt me out a little bit. So I always felt like I was more productive working from home. What, what's your take on that? I think it really depends on your, your family situation. You know, like uh, with the coronavirus, um, there's definitely been some people that have seen an increase in productivity. They don't have the commute time anymore. They have less in-office interruptions. People aren't just stopping by and chit-chatting. Um, you know, uh, they can set up their setup so it's their space and they feel comfortable. But then the counterpoint is um, there are some people that like, you know, take, for example, the person that's got small children and because of the virus, their daycare is closed. So they're they're trying to do their work from home and they got the kids, um, you know, so. I think it sort of goes both ways. What I keep telling people on some of my virtual things right now is that, you know, if they were a good employee before this craziness hit, and it seems like their productivity is struggling a little bit because of their family situation, please be patient because yeah. it will get back to better at some point. And if they're a good person, you don't want to lose them because of this craziness. And remember that there's probably some other people on your team that might be picking up some of that slack because they're, they are more productive right now. So I think I think it's really sort of dependent. Now I got I got two teenagers in the house. They could care less whether I'm you know there. So I have to go find them usually. Right. And so you know my productivity's been pretty solid through this. Right. So yeah, I think uh, the word you used have some patience. Uh, that applies to everything with this COVID situation. I've seen people people just want it to get back to normal again, and they and they it's we become like infants or or small toddlers or whatever who are just out of patience and we want it we want it now we want things to get back to normal now and that frustration is making people crazy because oh it sure is you know yeah. i always tell people uh this virus is both ambivalent and malevolent and it does not care one bit whether you're in a hurry or not right and and so um you know be be cautious uh because i've had a couple friends um that have had it and neither of them passed away uh, but it knocked them out. The one she's, she's what they call a long hauler. Now she's going on three months of symptomology. She's, she's tested negative, but she's got all these like system things going on. So it's not anything to play with. You know, I think just be smart, you know, I mean, do what you can get outside, you know, spend time yeah. with your family, um, fix up things that have been sitting around waiting to get fixed up and, uh, stay on top of your business stuff and then be ready. What was it? Um, uh, Will Smith, uh, so I was watching a motiv motivational video um, doing a workout, you know, a couple months ago. And Will Smith, he goes, you know, I always try to stay ready so I never have to get ready. Wow. And, and I said, wow, that's, that's like really 
timely with everything that's going on right now. You know, try to just be ready. You right. Know? Well, yeah. I th I was thinking, oddly enough, I was thinking about that just last night. I mean, uh, about training. I was looking at because I was I had a a uh, a martial arts expert uh, who was a fighter, a, a comp competitive fighter, competition fighter. On he was supposed to be on later this week, and I was looking at it, and I wanted to ask him about training. Like, why why do you have to keep training? Shit, because in in my view. Uh, once you're ready, you just keep doing it, and that's the training. Like uh, I think of a musician, uh, we don't need to kind of retrain every time. We just you do enough gigs, you're doing it every day. Uh, you you become acclimated to it. That's the training. Going doing it every day, you stay in shape to play, and so that's kind of the same idea. Is uh, you 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 uh, stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. So if you keep working. That, but a lot of fighters like that just to let themselves get out of shape, and then six weeks before the match, they have to like you know completely rebuild their lives and and go through this whole retraining session, which is yeah. it's, it's, so. I'm I'm wondering if that's applicable. But let's. Well, let's you know, one thing one thing's nice for me is you know you know what I teach. I teach email information overload. I teach related time management. That's a hell of a motivator to keep your inbox clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would assume so. <laughs> you don't want to uh, open up your inbox and have four thousand three hundred and twenty-seven items in there when you're yeah. supposed to be teaching how to do this stuff well. So you know, it sort of forced me to stay ready, so to speak. Right. So yeah. these half-day workshops you do are, are they um, are they specific how-to application type stuff, or do you, because a lot of everybody uses a different you know, a thousand different clients out there, webmail and all this stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining it's not as much as specific as this is how you do this task in this application as more like overall concepts and, and well, global. when you think about corporate and university and governmental, usually oh. when I get hired there, they're all using the same thing. Right. That's true. And in, in those types of sessions, I absolutely am opening up either like Microsoft outlook or a Google and saying, here's how you do it, you know, and, and that's sort of nice because it gives people the opportunity to, you know, not only hear the strategy, the time management or productivity strategy, then see how to apply it. Really, you know, like I was mentioning rules, you know, I, I have another tip that shows how you can convert emails into task calendar or contact items right in your Microsoft Outlook or your Gmail. So that way you can automate that process we were talking about. There's tools inside of both that allow you to set up like basically template form messages so that you can quickly respond to a message without having to retype it every time. You know, and all these kinds of things are the kinds of things that you can teach. And I typically teach one platform or the other for most of my corporate. When I speak at conference events, what I found is that most audiences, it's about 75% Microsoft, 20% Gmail, and the other 5% is a smattering of other things. And so what I try to do is just give big level strategy. And I will say, hey, if you're not using Microsoft or Gmail, don't worry about the technique. Look at the strategy. Figure out how yours will do this. Wow. You know, so, so it works. It works well. Yeah. I'm one of these people. Uh, for years and years, I was Windows guy until about two about 1998, I guess I became a Mac guy, and I was—I'm very proud of this machine I'm, I'm working on right now. I have several computers here, but this one has not a scrap of Microsoft code on it. Not one—not <laughs> even—not one line of Microsoft code on it. And I like that. But Outlook is still the king, right? For for yeah, email. Outlook, Outlook is still the king, but Gmail is definitely the rising prince. And um, 
it'll be real interesting to see where we're at another 10 years from now. I wouldn't be shocked to see basically sort of a 50-50 market share lead at some point. Um, both of them have done very interesting strategy. They've infiltrated the school systems, the K-12. And they wow. basically said, hey, here's our product. Use it free. Right, yeah. You see what they're doing? Yeah, you get, you, it's like a drug dealer. It's, uh, you know, going out and giving free samples to kids in the in the playground and getting them hooked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think either Microsoft or Gmail are quite that nefarious, but, uh, you know, the, the thought is there for sure. Have you seen Social Dilemma, the movie? I know I have not. I've heard about that, though. It's supposed to be a wonderful uh, thing to yeah. I I tried to watch it yesterday. I fell asleep uh, within the first two minutes of it. So I have the I have an issue with there where I can't watch I can't watch television or movies anymore. I don't have a television in my house, but when you know if I try to put YouTube on a big screen and just sit there in front of it, I'm I'm incapable of staying awake. No matter if, no matter how interested I am in the subject or the movie or whatever it is, I just see, can't stay awake. See, I'm an active YouTuber and. Uh, you know, so I make I make my own videos. My I got a few thousand subscribers now, trying to grow out the channel, and it's mostly my little tip videos that you know, sort of the, some of the stuff I've mentioned in the program. Uh, but I actually use YouTube to fall asleep most nights. And, yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you the videos I found. You're gonna crack up. Uh, people go really. I go yeah, really. This is a real thing. Really, yeah. There's videos of these people called Rockhound. And what they do is they go out into the wilderness, Yellowstone or Oregon or Colorado or out by the ocean, and they look for rocks. And that's a video is them picking up rocks and yeah. showing you the kind of rock they found. And I'm telling you, man, if you're having a hard night sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but honestly, it turned. I almost fell asleep just from the description of it. I've always been like interested. I, you know, I live in Michigan, so we've always been hunting Petoskey stones up here, and so so I've always been doing this anyway. And it's sort of like mildly in interesting enough that I can watch it, but then it helps me fall asleep. But they've even got videos out on YouTube now, like eight hours of falling rain, and you know. Eight hours of ocean waves. No, and they've even got some that are black screen. So it's like the sound of rain and thunder, but nothing on your screen. You know, right. and, and so uh, apparently we're not the only one that have some insomnia now and then. Right. Well, I, I have to admit I'm guilty of putting those together to get my watch hours up because I, I found, and I told people I'll put together like a five or six, uh, and I, as a sublim. And here's the thing, and people, if you if you fell for this, I apologize up front. But I put like subliminal sleep type uh, as the title. Uh, help yourself fall asleep. Subliminal messaging. There's no subliminal messaging. It's just mellow music and just like boring images that just go over and over for five hours. And I told people, it, it, even if you're not going to watch it, just put it on to help me build up my watch hours so I get my channel remonetized. <laughs> so, yeah. And it worked. But, yeah, you find people have the weirdest uh, or differentest, I guess, strangest, oddest. Oh, yeah. Um, every fetish. Hobbies. There, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have your website up on the screen now. It's randalldean.com. It couldn't be as simple or URL. Uh, is that how people get in, in touch with you? Can they find you? Yeah, that's good. It's a good launch pad. You know, um, if they're interested in the YouTube, the easy thing they can do is just go out to YouTube and search Randy Dean. Uh, I should, one of my videos should come up right near the top of the search. 
Um, there's a couple other, like, apparently there was some, um, you know, movie a few years ago where one of the lead characters was a bisexual woman named Randy Jean. So you might get a couple funky video clips inside of it, but most of my videos are coming up near the top. And then once you get to my channel, you can see that kind of information. But on my website, they can basically get contact information, see the different kinds of programs that I'm leading and, um, you know, see some of the online learning stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. So it's very, um, informative stuff i i think i think we kind of really need to get into the nitty-gritty of the how-tos which would probably be boring for the entertainment situation but i definitely think you know a lot of this stuff you really need to because you, you mentioned rules and i know about rules but i'm not good with it and i i think there's a lot of that stuff that most people well even if you know about it so you don't really know completely how it works you know fundamentally what it's supposed to do but the nitty-gritty of it and learning the specific ins and outs of an application can be difficult if you're you know that's a whole other time consuming thing on, on its own so uh i think that would be beneficial to a lot of people do you do- that's one of the reasons i did that youtube channel is you know i've got a few longer form videos that are in the you know 40 to 60 minute range but most of what i put out there is anywhere from three to 12 minutes and I figure that way people can go out and get one tip. Right. You know, and if you can get one tip once a week and you do it consistently by the end of the year, that's going to be a lot of time you're going to save. Right. So when you when you say tip, it's like a task, a how-to task, a, a, a specific, if you're in Outlook, this is how you do this, if you're in Gmail. Well, you know, the one I did the other day and people are just jacked up about, it's how you change the settings on your Windows PC so that you can have multiple items in your computer clipboard at once. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's just like, yeah, so that way you can, you know, you don't have to go back and copy and paste and copy and paste and copy and paste. You can just do the copy and paste once and then look in your scroll list of everything that's in your clipboard and drop it in a second time. And so, you know, that was one of the tips. Now, you're on a Mac. You're going to have to see if it has the same capability in your own settings, but I would certainly be hunting that one down. That's a good tip. I think it does. I think it definitely does. So there's a whole lot more than email and and stuff that you do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I always tell people the email is sort of my gateway program, but then I have programs that are related to like time management and project management using Outlook or Google Suite, uh, programs on how to use these things better. You know, a lot of people don't really know how to really set up their phone to be a truly effective productivity device, just as a big distraction in their pocket and, um, you know, things like that. So how, yeah. how, how about the uh, generation? Yeah. Are you, um, are you, uh, do you establish a kind of uh, rapport with, with the, because the young people are the people who are living on this thing. Although my wife is not a, a, a spring chicken, apologize, honey, but uh, she's not. <laughs> she's not a spring chicken, but she lives on this thing. And I have a, a, one of my best friends is now fifty seven, fifty eight years old. And he lives on this thing. I can't live on the thing. I can't type with my thumbs. But in order to teach that stuff, you got to get. Uh, with the with the young people and, and kind of be on the same page as them. So you, <laughs> is that an issue for you? You know, I still speak to, you know, college student audiences. They're usually graduate students, although I did one just, you know, a few weeks ago, which had quite a few undergrads in it. And, you know, sort of the basic principle, the one thing that I think they all appreciate is here's your suite of tools that both par- both platforms have. And here's how you get the suite of tools on your phone. And here's how you use your suite of tools. And I, like you said, that's sort of universal regardless of your age. And, um, you know, just to know what your available capabilities are, I think, is useful for just about anyone. Uh, 
Uh, one right. joke I do make, though, in my session is uh, Gen X and older, we use way too much email. Millennials and younger, way too much text. And we're both wrong. Right. You know, that's what I always tell people, you know, that we have these biases that cause us problems. So. I hate text. I hate text. I hate whenever I get a text. And, and uh, I think more and more marketers are starting to go with SMS texting stuff. And that drives me crazy when I, when I get The political cycle has been insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, text, uh, the political texts, jeez. Right. Uh, I just don't like it. And I guess that, that shows that I'm a boomer. Uh, but I, it's, and I'm sure that's the way things are. Is it effective? Do you know about from a marketing te- te- uh, standpoint? I always, I always tell people, you see people who do it multiple times from different sources. It must be effective because somebody's ran the dollars and cents. Somebody's right. got an ROI report that shows it's positive. You know, and that's why that's why that junk spam email is still out there because somebody's using it and making money. I can't otherwise imagine, it would disappear. I can't imagine that people. You know, some of the things that I get in emails, and I'm like, uh, somebody's wasting their time with this, but uh, somebody's falling for it at some point. Like you know, I get an email from the IRS that they're going to come and arrest me if I don't send uh, so so much money right right now. Uh, and, but somebody along the line has fallen for that, and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's out there. And I mean, you know, you know that it's out there. It, it has to be working or else people wouldn't be doing it so consistently. And now, you know, part of it, you just hit on something, though. Some of them, what they're trying to do is identity theft using email as the gateway into your PC. Right. And that's where you got to just be like, you know, you get a message and you're like, this looks really suspicious. Just make sure you delete it and then delete it out of your deleted folder. You oh, got to yeah. get that thing off the off the machine because, you know, you click on one of those links inadvertently and all heck can break loose. Right. Good. Good point. That, and uh, great, great information. There. And I think I, yeah, I, I never do that second step. I delete it and then I don't go. You can set up you can set up that folder to have a timer on it so that it'll do it like every day or every week. Something right. like that. But they yeah. should have an option that permanent delete right on an email. So delete or permanent delete. Oh, you can do that on a PC. It's uh, you hold down the shift key and hit delete. And that is a permanent delete in Microsoft Outlook. There you go. Those are the uh, applicable. Ta- I'm, I'm probably works on a Mac, too. I have to look that up. I, you have to look it up. But, you know, depending on what you're using as your email client, they may have an option so that you can delete a delete, which is what you want to do. You want to delete the delete. Great, great stuff. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for your time tonight. We are running out. Of, we are out of time. We're over uh, an hour already, but I appreciate all the information. I hope people will look you up. It's RandallDean.com. Uh, YouTube, just go to YouTube and, and put in Randy Dean. I'll find it for you, and I'll put the links in the description so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, Randy, thank you for your time and insights on this. It's been it's been a blast. A lot of fun. Thanks, man. Thanks. thanks. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Put Me in the Story. Put Me in the Story creates personalized books for kids by taking best-selling children's picture books and well-loved characters and allowing you to create personalized books that make your child the star of the story alongside their favorite characters. Save 25% store-wide when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code SAVE25. We're also sponsored by Lovely. Lovely is your online stop for modern, irresistible, and affordable women's clothing. Never before has dressing yourself been so easy. 
Lovely's carefully curated selection of apparel, accessories, and outerwear are always on trend and always available at the web's best prices. Lovely is dedicated to delivering high-quality clothing to women that will make them look and feel their best. They believe every woman has the right to dress well and shouldn't have to spend a lot to love how she looks. They make it easy to wear outfits you love every day, giving you the confidence to take on the world. Lovely.com summer fashion trends are now 40% off, starting at just $5.99. Get an extra 18% off when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code JFT18. We're also sponsored by VaporDNA. Founded in 2013, VaporDNA is the premier online vape store offering an industry-leading selection of electronic cigarettes, e-liquids, and accessories. Their friendly and knowledgeable customer service team is always ready to provide the best customer service experience to ensure you find what you're looking for. They guarantee their products to be 100% genuine and at the lowest possible price. They're so confident in their selection and customer service, they offer their customers a 45-day refund policy. Save 20% when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code ORIONQ. Randy Dean, folks, uh, I hope I hope that helped. I hope you got some useful information that you can actually use in your life to to save some time and and uh, become more efficient. Uh, but if not, you can always look him up directly. Go to his website and and find out uh, more about his services and check out his tips and tricks and stuff on his YouTube channel that will help you get control of your screen time, your office clutter, all that kind of stuff, and become more efficient. I know I need to do it. As I mentioned, I get way too many emails, and I learned something here tonight. The big thing that I, first thing that I learned is to stop using that unsubscribe stuff and just delete it rather than uh, unsubscribe because I'm giving more people access to the fact that I'm actually opening emails and an active reader. And and so some people sell are using that to sell my email address. I've been naive and I feel kind of foolish not knowing that. But uh, that's something I got from this program. So I hope you got something too. Uh, I hope you like this program. Hope you tell your friends about it. Subscribe. Go to my YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Go to MindDogTV.com. Get on my mailing list so I can send you lots of spam. No, I won't send you spam. I promise. I never send spam. And if you're on my mailing list, you know this. I, uh, I rarely even send out anything unless we have something really special to let you know about. I will never abuse you. So if you get on my mailing list, you're just going to find out when we're going to have great guests on and keep up with my calendar or if we have a special offer that I think is just too good to be true uh, and I want you to be be part of it, uh, I will let you know about it. So that that's all you're going to get from me. So get on my mailing list. Questions and comments from me, please email me. <laughs> email me at info at minddogtv.com. I do read all the comments and questions that come uh, from the show, and it does take some time, but I'm I'm thrilled to uh, keep up with your thoughts and comments and questions about the show, so please keep them coming, info at minddogtv.com. Uh, let me just let you know what we got going on tomorrow really quickly. Um, tomorrow I have uh, Larry Jorgensen, so we'll be talking to him at 1 p.m. tomorrow. Until then, I'm Matt Napo for the Mind Dog TV podcast. Thanks for joining me. Have a great night, and bye for now.